Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What is it really like to investigate a parasite case? Why is it dangerous? Is parasite, otherwise known as demonic activity, on the rise? Yeah, read Ben's line. <laughs> right. We have a fill-in guest tonight. We're very uh, <laughs> fill-in co-host tonight. So. so we just joined each other um, briefly. Greetings and welcome to the 609th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul Eno and Shane Sarway. I'm Shane, and those dark questions came from the co-host and partner in the paranormal, my brother. Okay. Yeah, well, this is kind of spur of the moment. Ben, ben is out is settling up on a car because I told him Dad's taxi service is closing down this week, so he, he has no choice. Anyway, this evening we welcome back an old friend, Shane, who's been on the show a lot recently because he has a lot going and a lot to say that's worth hearing. And we welcome your calls. It's 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 401-766-1240 locally. And also, we will monitor Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com for emails. Now, Shane Searway is one of the few credible independent paranormal investigators out there and one of the few with whom Ben and I will work. He also has an astounding ability to go into a case, read it accurately, and help the people concerned. Shane and I have consulted on cases for almost 18 years now, and I first met him during a case right here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, where we broadcast from. He is a feet-on-the-ground, no-nonsense investigator, and he is from the great state of New Hampshire, which has no sales tax. His website is trueghost.com. Shane, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Thanks for having me again. Okay. I feel at home. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's a nice thing to say. And it's always a pleasure to have someone in studio. It's a treat for us. So, especially somebody we like. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always happen. So, tell us about the recent case in Connecticut. Let, let's get started on that. There was an elderly lady and... Tell yep. us about it. Yeah, I was contacted by the the, the elderly lady's daughter um, and said that her mother was being uh, attacked by something. Mostly, you know, when she lay down um, to go to sleep at night. And so, brief history, you know, I could kind of tell, like, you know, what was going on. Uh, she had lost her second husband. Um, a year and a half before or a year and a half ago before prior to them contacting me and um, as soon you know as soon as he passed away things started happening um, she was being grabbed at, by her ankles at night being pulled to the base of her bed um, there was handprints on her on her ankles um, there was also you know um, scratches on her legs and stuff like that so she she contacted a few groups, a um, couple well very well known groups. Um, one well known female individual of the paranormal who interviewed them on the phone and end up sending um, end up sending her her uh, her group out, and so they did an investigation and and, and everything, and um, they thought that um, you, you know there were a couple entities in the house and stuff like that trying to attack her this and that so they 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 try to do an exorcism and and you know a prayer and you know the whole house thing and and um she she also had a 
a priest in the house at one point. Um, that didn't work. She had another group in there um, that was associated with an, another well-known TV group. Um, that didn't work. And so they contacted me. So I went in there, and I got the information. You know, uh, she's being mostly at night. You know, it, it happened you know, after her, her second husband passed away. So I said, you know, how long have you lived in this house? And she said, you know, a, like a long time. I, I can't remember, but she raised kids in this house, and, you know, her kids are grown now. They're older than I am. And um, and then all, all of a sudden, you know, after her second husband passes away, this activity kicks up where she's being attacked in, in such a way. And she was also being um, – she's being – Pulled to the bottom of the bed by her ankles. She was also being sexually assaulted. Um, at one point, she woke up and she felt the bed bouncing up and down. She woke up to this sensation, and she she felt she heard somebody running around her bed. She couldn't see it, but she heard she heard something running around her bed. She also felt something in the bed with her, as the bed was bouncing up and down. Um, and once she was able to free herself and she, she ran into the bathroom, um, she, she, she n noted that um, she had bleeding. And she had a full hysterectomy years ago, and she, that has never been an issue. It wasn't something that was common. Um, it, it, just, it just happened. Um, so, um, you know, following this attack. So... So I asked her, you know, again, how, how long have you lived in the house? Um, when did this all start happening? She said, you know, right after my second husband passed away. And now her second husband was a diabetic. Um, he was also an amputee be because of the fact. Um, and she, you know, towards his, his last couple of years, she had to do a lot of caring for him. So there's a lot of a lot of maintenance, a lot of upkeep, and and just spending a lot of time with him, and it occupied her mind, occupied you know her everything, her time, and and so it, it kept her mind off her her bad memories, um, you know. Whereas once raising children did that, and then once she didn't have that, um, you know, it it was, you know, her her ill uh, husband, so. Once he once he passed away, she didn't have anything to occupy her. She was at home alone, this big, beautiful, wonderful house, but nobody, you know, around to to occupy her thoughts or to redirect her thoughts. And so she went back to, you know, she's not that she's she's a very youthful seventy two, um, but and it gives me hope. <laughs> But you know she's she's at that point where you know of her life where she just witnessed you know somebody close to her that passed away and now she's she's thinking about that herself and and so she's reflecting on her life and 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 one of the things well anyways I asked her I said you know something in your life that you know whether it's guilt or and I could feel that from her and, and it also made sense to the type of attack she was incurring you know I said you know what in your life have is there something you haven't gotten over something that it, now that you're unoccupied that you're thinking about something some kind of negative situation that traumatized you that um, we could work on and she says well my 
my father used to molest me as a child, and he molested her in this same exact way that she was being attacked at night. Now. That's right out of the Bell Witch case. Yeah. From 1817, 1821 in Tennessee, that we study of, yeah. Exactly. So he used to um, sneak into her room, and this, it disgusts me. I, I hate to even, you know, repeat it, and obviously this is uh, yeah. G radio, so, yeah. um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm aware of that, but, you know, it, it, it's bothersome to kind of repeat, but he would cr- he would crawl into the room um, on his hands and knees to the base of her bed, to the foot of her bed, and grab her by her ankles and drag her down to the base of the Just like the phenomena. Exactly, yeah. and where he would do things that he shouldn't be been doing. Um, so... Well, let me let me just stop you there. A lot of people would get to the point, not even get to the point where you proceeded in your narrative, and by people I mean alleged investigators, would you say, aha, immediately jump to the conclusion that this is the, the ghost of the husband who just died. So what, what do you say to people who just jump in on your narrative like I'm doing right now? Just say, <laughs> uh, that must be what it is. Oh, that it's the ghost of her. Yeah, they, they just assume that. Yeah, uh, among the many assumptions that the right because he these, just passed and all of a sudden this this is happening. Um, absolutely not. I mean, she was in a marriage and she was caring for this this gentleman, this her husband, and um, so that, like I said, that occupied her internal di- dialogue, that o- occupied her thoughts, and 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 so that kept her away from her 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 dark internal dialogue, her dark thoughts, her dark memories. So caring for him kept her on a more positive pattern where she was doing something. She was caring for somebody, and she had less time to think about her bad memories. Mm. And now that she doesn't have that distraction, now that she's she's just sitting at home in this big, giant home uh, with nobody around her, nobody to care for, nobody to distract her thoughts, and she's just thinking about now her past, especially where, you know, you know, where we get older and stuff, we start thinking about our loved ones and the relationships that we could have had better with our parents, with our mother, our father, our sisters. And, you know, why wasn't it as good as it should have been? And we start thinking about those things. Her her father molested her. And so some of these groups that she had in there said, you know, this is happening because you need to forgive your father and then it'll get better. And I said, absolutely not. You don't have to forgive your father for that, what he did to you. You just have to in your heart you have to move past it you don't have to forgive him you just have to accept it and move on hmm. you can't dwell on it you can't live in it you can't let it consume you you have to move on graduate from it you you know you raise wonderful you know daughters you have wonderful grandkids you have a beautiful home um it it didn't hold you back in life and so just take it made me a stronger woman and it made me who I am today. It wasn't a great experience, but I'm a strong woman. And, you know, you just have to graduate from it and accept it. You don't have to forgive your father, though. Um, you know, that's up to her to decide, you know. Um, I certainly wouldn't, <laughs> you know, based on I, I can't go into full detail about everything, but it, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant. So, mm-hmm. well, no, of course. But I've seen this again and again and again. You know, you, you have things from the past that literally, if people say things will come back and haunt you, well, they very often will do so. Mm-hmm. And we're dealing with 
entities that we believe will feed upon these things in any right. way they can, and that's that seems to be how it uh, how it's going on. Yeah, uh, I think we uh, that's have a, a caller, but in any case, um, that's exactly what this is. This is a parasite saying, "I got a vulnerable person, individual right now. I know exactly how to attack her." And I know how to go about it, and boom. Because her house, she lived in this house with no issues for many years. Mm -hmm. Her husband passes away. It wasn't him. It's just something that says, all right, because she was talking to him. She was, she was, you know, and that, we know once you start reaching out into talking to something spiritual, well, you know, it's a, a loved one that just passed, you got something on the other side. If you can, you know, make that connection to the other side. What you're getting might not be your loved one. It, it could be something else. That's it. Okay, uh, Shane, we have a call, and we uh, welcome our caller. Welcome to 1240. You're on um, 1240 here with Shane Searway and Paulino. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I guess we lost the caller. We will continue when the caller calls back. Okay. Uh, are you with us? Yeah, here I am. Oh, very good. Yeah, please uh, state your... Uh, your you, I had to shut the radio down. She might have already gotten to this part. I wasn't sure, so you already answered it. I'm sorry. But I, um, I, I understand, you know, the whole theory of the memories and all of that. The part I'm confused about are the uh, physical manifestations of the handprint and the bleeding. How would that coincide with your theory about the memories? Good question, Shane. Yeah. So what what that is is the memories. What the memories do is it's in our internal dialogue, and our thoughts are projecting frequency and stuff like that. And it's actually it's drawing in. It's 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 kind of calling out to these parasites that want to feed upon vulnerable people. So these thoughts where we're in at our lowest, and we're thinking about these bad negative things. And that's all we can dwell on, and, and it just, like I said, it controls our internal dialogue. That's what we're, what, what we're projecting. That's the environment that we're maintaining inside our, our home, and that's what we're pulling in, another something that's going to feed on our vulnerability. So it, it, it's waving a flag, it's ringing a dinner bell, and it calls these things in. It says, hey, I can mess with that person because they're at their lowest. Is this coming from the outside or from within us? I think there's a, there's a partnership, unspoken partnership between ourselves and these entities. And I have to stress, and uh, I know Shane, uh, I don't know if you've had these experiences yet, but but you know, way back, I've and not even that far back, I've had experiences that are very physical with these things that are supposed to be spirits. And I would often ask, you know, right right in the beginning of my of my career, 1970, 1971, with this. You know, I would hear the so-called ghosts of physical objects, like uh, I'm thinking of the Village of Voices case in Connecticut, you know, the farm implements banging together, people talking. And uh, you have all these supposed spirit voices being recorded on things and uh, electronic voice phenomena and all that. Well, what's making the noises? You have to have vocal cords in order to speak. Am I wrong, you know? And uh, an ox cart proceeding down an old trail with wooden wheels and the whole, you could hear everything. I said, are these spirits? And then in that Bridgeport house in 1974 with Anne Lorraine Warren in Connecticut, uh, I had physical altercation, you know, a shoving match with a perfectly physical being that was supposed to have been a demon or a spirit, this kind of thing. And I think maybe part of your question has to do with how do these physical manifestations take place, uh, you know, even if there is some kind of partnership or cooperation subconsciously between the, the victim and the victimizer. 
So right. I mean, the parasites are they coming from a multi, you know, another universe, another dimension? That that's our belief. Yes, mm-hmm. because they seem to come and go. Yes. A lot of these things seem to come and go. Bigfoot seems to come and go. And this came up at the Exeter UFO. It's uh, not Exeter. It was the wrong week. Uh, the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Mass, uh, this past weekend, which was really interesting. They had everybody speaking there from, from. Uh, you know, sort of down home, uh, very much of the people, investigators of Bigfoot, to uh, people from Harvard University and the uh, uh, some very, very well thought of people in this field with doctorates. And the question kept right. This multiverse idea is becoming more and more accepted. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have the old idea, I don't think, or we don't think, of, of the physical world and the quote-unquote other side, you know, this, this two-dimensional attitude toward what things are going on. There seem to be millions, maybe an infinite number of these parallel worlds, and you know that, sir, if you listen to this show, you probably get the college credit in the physics department, you know. <laughs> so, um, but that is the idea. I really think that they're coming in. And, you know, and where it gets ultra-weird is where, and, and this comes up too, people say, especially in possession cases, which I haven't dealt with in many years, I'm glad of it, how does this occur? This parasite, from, with what I saw in those cases back in the 70s, found a place where it was or is this person it was possessing at some point in this multiverse where all things are possible and all things manifest somewhere and some when. As crazy as it may sound, that's what physics is saying. These are concrete, some of them anyway, these are concrete realities. And that's when that possession takes place, that link-up occurs. The personality of the person was not totally subverted, as it is in The Exorcist or other Hollywood mm-hmm. movies, right. but the, 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 they become almost too, like a two-headed monster in a sense. you know. And so in the same way, you've got maybe on a lesser scale in what Shane is talking about, and you have these physical manifestations. So does this negative energy attract the parasite sort of instinctively or does he seek it out or she or it, or well i think well shane used the perfect term dinner bell mm-hmm. as we see this happening well, and of course the question arises well every family has stress and wear and tear and every person has their problems how come every family doesn't have a parasite coming after them that's okay i don't want one no no you don't well sometimes they do there are certain species and i don't go into all nine of them now that i've identified but there are certain ones that seem to farm, for lack of a better term, families or even communities, maybe even nations. I mean, not, not to get nuts here, but I mean, there are possibilities in that direction. And they are very unobtrusive. You don't know they're there. Mm-hmm. Others are very obtrusive, very violent, such as the poltergeist in Bridgeport or the, the, the mid-grade manifestations that Shane is describing in this other Connecticut case. I don't know what's wrong with Connecticut here. <laughs> so I'm glad you live in Rhode been, Island, right? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Massachusetts. That's good. Um, yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, all right, so what is, it, what is in it? And I'll let you go. I know I'm tying this up here. That's all right. But what's in it for the non-obtrusive parasite? What, what is it getting out of it? I know what the other one is getting out of it, but what is the non-obtrusive? You don't even know they're there. Yeah. Well, they're all getting food. I mean, folklore says, well, they're trying to win us over to Satan and all this uh, business. And, you know, I mean, th- that, that's, that's our way of interpreting that. But they do fill the bill of a lot of the old parasite folklore, even the vampire folklore. Vampires. You know, well, uh, I don't know. I won't well, I mean that Hollywood one. vampires. I, I, don't, I don't mean Yeah, I know. Well, going back to the ancient Middle East, ancient Mesopotamia, right. the, the ancient Babylonian, the translation of the term is actually life-sucking ghosts. Mm-hmm. And we go into these cases and we see what? 
chronic fatigue syndrome all the mm-hmm. time. We see all sorts of disruption. People, you know, the, the electric bill goes to Pluto. Right. Because when they can't get you, they'll feed on the electrical system. These are life forms, living things, probably quite physical, such as I've experienced, and not spirits at all. But because we cannot see them or see them fully, aha, they must be spirits. So I think when you understand it, you don't have to be afraid of it anymore right. or as afraid of it. And I, I find it, I know she, you, we both find it very fa- very satisfying when people come up to us and say, you help me understand what this really is. So these I beings, hope we're right. Yeah, these, these beings are as natural to their environment as we are to our own. Part of nature. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think of them as mimics. You know, there's certain insects and other creatures who have camouflage or they, they pretend to be something else. Well, that's precisely what these things do, and that's how they eat. And I've seen them feeding. I don't know if you have yet, but I've, Ben and I have seen them feeding uh, in different worlds at the same time. Weird as that may sound, I'm thinking of a case in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania in 2004. The, uh, there was a, apparently some uh, terrible crime, probably a murder going on in the backyard of a home near Philadelphia uh, and in some other part of the multiverse. Uh, there was a parasite feeding on that and reaching into the house where two girls shared an apartment, feeding on them and feeding on uh, another family that was in the apartment in another world who thought the girls were ghosts haunting them and the girls thought that they, the, were, they were ghosts. I mean, this, this, is what, this is what happens with this stuff. And it gets really tangled and convoluted, but if, once you get rid of the parasite, things can kind of calm down. Every time I listen to your show, I have to take a couple aspirin. My my head hurts. <laughs> oh, I hope that's for good reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. I find this stuff fascinating. Well, that's great. I'm glad glad uh, glad we can uh, give you something to think about. Thank you. Take, take care. Good good job, Shane. That was a fascinating narrative. Thank you. Uh, thanks oh, thank for you calling. Very, right. Okay. So. Um, so what's the outcome of this case now? Uh, I understand you have, um, as you usually do, managed to uh, soothe things down and yeah, help people. Yeah, I educated her and, and um, told her that we have to work past her, her, her bad thoughts and her background, you know, her, her in, in her life and move past that and how that was her thoughts and her negative thoughts were imposing on the environment and was drawing something in and, and everything. And she... Very intelligent woman. Her daughter's very smart too, which was there to back everything up and kind of like you know reinforce it. Um, but then, and everything was going well for I think like a month or two. And but then one of the other daughters um, who lives in in a home that is active in New York uh, was going to stay with the mom, and so I, I was given the heads up. She's going to talk about her situation, her activity. It's going to get my mom's head going again. Mm-hmm. And my, she said, my sister can't stop talking about this stuff. So she, that's all she's going to talk about. She's going to get my mother refocused on it because I told told the mother she needed to wipe it out of your yeah. mind. You know, common problem. And that did happen, as, as I remember. Yeah. You, so yeah. the sister stayed with her, and everything started up again. So you raised two important points here, Shane. One is that. What you try to do is bring in, uh, Ben and I call it the Peter Pan theory, think happy thoughts, because when they feed these parasites on negative energy, how do you get, you shut off the food supply by bringing in positive energy, right? And sometimes it can be as simple as that, at least as a start. Right. But you also bring up the point that there can be a family member or household member who is kind of part of the problem. Now, I remember a case in the Foxborough area, Ben and I went over, this goes back a few years now, Ben and I went over there, and these people, there was a Boston area 
paranormal group, and we, we, we never work with people like that, but we were invited in because I, I kind of owed the fellow a favor. And they said, well, they, they were in there, and they were the lovely people. They weren't kids. They were middle-aged folks who you know, thought they read a few books, thought they knew about this stuff, and you have your chief investigator and this, yeah. and, you know, and all this kind of, you know, deputy assistant honcho and all this nonsense. <laughs> and they were um, saying, oh, look at the EVP I got, or uh, electromagnetic voice phenomena, suppose spirit voice, and all. look at this picture, or look at this. And the poor owner of the house is sitting there. Nobody was paying attention to her, and she was the one who needed the help. And so I talked to her and found out that one of the daughters was a person who kind of shut herself in her room with, uh, and was very interested in the occult, doing who knows what. Ouija boards were involved in all this business that you really shouldn't do because you're, you're just lighting the fuse. And the, the, the other folks just weren't dealing with that. So Ben went in there, did what you kind of do, and within five minutes he had identified the problem. Uh, he, had, he had to kind of pin down what to do. And as far as we know, things, things got better because the other people weren't invited back. So that's a perfect example of it, the, the solution can be simple to state, not always easy to do if you have a member of the family who's bringing in negative energy. Right. Uh, that person later moved out and helped the situation was, was improved. But, right. Um, that's what I do. Like, you know, sometimes in situations like this one, you have to identify, you know, when it started, and usually it's because of something uh, life-changing in that per- person's life. And um, so you have to identify when and where and what it was, and I have a background in human services and in psychology, and and, and I can counsel them back into a a more positive path and get them past their their obstacle or, or, you know, whatever detour them, you know, into a a bad place and and get them, you know, back on a more positive path and and get them, you know, outside of that that area that's drawing something in, that's opening that door, uh, that's attracting these negative parasites. And that's that's very important, and and um, and you know as well as I do. Like a lot of people, they don't understand that because this sounds new to a lot of a lot of people. Because they they just think, oh well, it's it's a demon. Let's read a Bible. Let's do this, or you know, uh, splash holy water around. But it's it's more than that. Um, if you're going to do it successfully every time, so you you know when we use the this this um, this technique. And we we do it appropriately and, and um, accurately. We fix a problem every time, and um, we we don't need those other tools. And and uh, we help people. We help help them get in a better place in life, and we, and we make this this parasite go away because it's got nothing to feed off. We made somebody stronger. We made somebody you know happier, more positive. Put them in a better place in life. They have nothing to 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 attack anymore. There's no more vulnerability. Well, there is one point that I wanted to finish, and that was the idea of of uh, the circumstances that that might uh, create problems in a home that ordinarily you know might not. Or, or let me reverse that. Many families have all families have stresses and stuff, but they don't all have these problems. Exactly. Yeah, there are other factors besides just the the, the people. The focal point for the parasite might be the negative thoughts and the, the negative situation in the home, but also you, there are certain electromagnetic, uh, as we know. Uh, I want to talk about that too in, in another Massachusetts uh, Massachusetts case that was very very recent. Right. That can create conditions that would allow trans-world contact, if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. more easily. All right? uh, 
we found that when I, when I worked, we worked with uh, the late Joe Frisella, who was a soil engineer and hydrologist down from South County, find that uh, high water tables in clay or sandy soils will facilitate the electromagnetic uh, energies or forces, as you will, geotechnical things that are well known to science, that will uh, allow these things to manifest, perhaps, and uh, paranormal events, quote unquote, to occur more easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing. So, and, and also, we find I have found that about sixty to sixty-five percent of the cases I've dealt with uh, in homes have taken place within two hundred feet of high tension wires. Mm-hmm. So again, the electrical factor, and that seems to enter in all the time. And I know you find the same thing that appliances mm-hmm. and plumbing. Right. seem to be in proximity to many of these events. People say, well, gee, the, the TV keeps going on by itself, or this keeps happening, and, you know, all having to do with appliances. There was a house, there was a house in New, Ham- not New, Hampshire, um, New York State where, where the, the mixer and the kept starting up, and uh, sometimes they find things in the bowl. <laughs> but uh, it, was, um, it, it's, it seems to be a lot of electrical stuff that's involved because there are electrical factors involved here. i got two recent that, that will explain that, too. Uh. Oh, yeah, we're we over our take... break time. We should probably take it. A... Thank you. <laughs> well, you could be the producer. We're going to take our bottom of the hour break, folks. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno with Shane Searway filling in for Ben this evening on WON 1240 in New England's gorgeous Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. Lou Mandeville here to tell you the only place to get your local high school and college scores, as well as the Pats, Bruins, Celtics, and Sox is on my morning sports reports. And they are right here on ON 1240, Monday through Friday on the Morning Fun Show. Okay, and we're going to talk about our charities later, most of which uh, serve our veterans here and in Canada. And we have a caller, and we will take a call right now. Welcome to ON 1240 and Behind the Paranormal. Are you with us? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, do you have a question for Shane or myself? Uh, yes, who am I speaking to? Uh, I'm Paul Eno. I'm the co-host. Hi, Paul. This is Phil Tohodekin. I met you in Lemonster this past weekend. Oh, very good. Well, it was a great pleasure. Likewise. How can I... Uh, do you have a question, or are you just listening yeah, in? I, I, my, my first question is, do either you or Shane have a straightforward definition of negative energy? That's a good question. Okay, I will begin that because Shane is, uh, has stepped out of the booth for a moment. He'll be back in a second. Oh, here he comes. But negative energy, that is a good question. I've thought about that often and hard. It is a very slippery term. Did you hear the question, Shane? No, I didn't. Okay. I apologize. Uh, the caller is asking for a definition of negative energy. And I don't know if I can really put my finger on it. I, what, I, what I say when I've written about it is... Anything that divides you from yourself or from others, because we find that what unites, you know, love, uh, faith, humor even, that's, that's positive, anything positive unites, and anything negative seems to divide. And what do parasites do? I know that we both find, they, they seem to pick on one person at a time when they are divided from themselves or from the, the community or their families or people they should love. Mm-hmm. Is that a beginning of a definition, do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think it is. And um, But I, I think what I've part of what I've started to realize 
um, with all this is, you know, we talk about multiverse and we talk about parallel um, universes or parallel, you know, existence. Um, and one of those things that are most likely to cross over um, and create like ripples in space time or whatever into different parallels is strong emotion. Uh, one of the strongest emotion is love. Um, that's a frequency, I think. Um, you know, these thoughts, these these feelings are. It's an emotion. It, it's a frequency, um, and and negativity when we're at our darkest. It's it's the opposite of that, and um, it's sending out a different frequency, and it's attracting you know certain things. Um, you know, so you know, there's there's so many things out there that if you focus on positive, 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 you're gonna get that back, and there's so much evidence of that. And then same thing with negative. If you focus on negative all the time, that's what you're gonna attract, and um, and that that's that's what this is. So if you're in a bad place and you, you your your thoughts are just you know uh, negative, and you're thinking about bad things that happened to you, and um, then this this if now the area your home the land has to be conducive it has to have certain things that support an interaction and if those things are, are present then you get this open door um, and what you get through that open door is is what you you're going to attract by the environment that you maintain um, in your surroundings um, well okay if I feel that might be the beginning of an answer did, I, I wanted to address the question of how do you define love? People throw these words around and they assume that everybody else understands it the way they do. So, Phil, do you have do you have another question? Because I don't want to. Yeah, well, um, let's just. I just wanted to um, add to this interesting response from both of you. Um, I I once read simply that negative energy has a has a different sort of rotation or spin from the particles that are carrying the energy? Actually, that's that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It yeah. Okay. Now, it, it's, well, it, it, it's, it's, it's uh, pioneering and new research, as I understand, I may be wrong, uh, in physics about the nature of these, how these things manifest across the, the realm of, of particles. So it's theoretical physics. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, my... Um problem with that definition, even though I want to accept it because it's so easy and simple, is that these entities, um, which typically are interdimensional, um, if, if they're encountering each other and they somehow know that each is here for the same purpose, which is to feed off the positive energy of human life forms, well, then there is kind of an affection or an acceptance um, between them or among them. And so then it, it's weird because then paradoxically, there's this positive energy between the parasites. So it's really, really a rabbit hole. Um, and it, that leads me to um, an observation and then my follow-up question. My observation is that I mean, if you were going to write a long-form piece on this topic, you would want to spend at least a chapter talking about um, evidence suggesting that these entities would die or cease to exist um, if they did not have a source of this energy. And, I mean, that's the standard definition of a parasite. I mean, 
what you were talking about earlier the the word the term walk in would apply the term predator would apply mm-hmm. parasite i'm not so sure so let me then just get to the final question um it's kind of metaphysical i guess sure um well we can do that well you know um there there are there's a lot of talk in in metaphysical circles um whether whether these arise from traditional christianity or from from new age beliefs that there are these guardian angels or guardian spirits and i wanted to ask you guys if either of you have ever heard of an intercession by a, a guardian entity to protect us from these parasites and then and with that i'll close well uh i was um on a military exercise in the Yukon Territory in 1979, and I was caught in an avalanche, um, a rather small one. It was more of a collapse of a, of a snow ridge. And it was uh, January. It was nuts cold, you know. Uh, I was on, it was a small unit uh, exercise, and I was the only one buried. I was under eight feet of snow. Oh, God. I knew I was going to die. All of it, and the, the guys, of course, are all around me. We're jumping up and down, try, trying to dig and get everything else. And I felt my right hand get warm because I couldn't breathe. Something pulled me. I had a certain person whom I really cared about appear in my mind. Something lifted me up out of that snowbank, and the first thing the other guys knew was that here's, you know, the Yank's head is popping up over the snowbank, you know, eight feet above where I'd fallen. Nobody could figure it out. I wasn't even bruised. I should have had broken bones. I should have yeah. died. Yeah. So nobody's going to tell me that there is no intercessory power out there of some kind. This was a physically impossible event. Right. And I have heard in the course of 45 years of doing this that there is that time after time, day after day, there are good things from our point of view happening to save us. And in this multiverse, uh, where in many worlds, I think that, because the, the, even physicists will tell you that the laws of physics are very different. There are oh, many yeah. where they are people, people or whatever they may be, are aware of us. And um, I don't know if they're spirits or whatever, because this is a very physical event, as we've said. But uh, there are pl- I think there are more, if you want to use, the, if I may use the terms positive and negative again, more more friends, more positive entities out there than there are. Uh, so some of whom may, may be other versions of ourselves, which is a kind of a mind-blowing concept. Uh, and I think there are far more good ones than bad ones, so to speak. But let me when just I, point out uh, one thing that, that our uh, our very uh, astute uh, producer has, has pointed out here this evening. Negative energy also holds you back in time and space, and positive energy also propels you forward in time and space, a, a very simple physical principle that I think can be applied in all areas. That's a really good definition yes so there you go phil thank you for your call thanks shane thanks paul thank you very good yes okay so um there we are so i think that um looking at a um uh sort of a holistic approach here if uh, when you cut off the food supply and the idea of these things dying is very interesting phil brought this up i have every reason to believe that parasites can die in Although the, the, the wise, the top echelon, as I call them, wise in the sense of their own species, seem to be very old, 
But of course, none of this, this is all arbitrary because in the multiverse, time really doesn't mean anything because everything is, 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 is according to physics, everything is simultaneous. Exactly. There really is no past, really is no future in any objective sense. Right. And uh, couple that with the idea that every living thing uh, lives across many worlds mm-hmm. in many versions, that you'd have a hard time arguing that even the body dies. Right. You'd have a hard time arguing that. So, par- so, so death really is probably the only thing that really doesn't exist in any objective form in the multiverse, oddly enough. Right, and so what he asked was, you know, if this thing didn't have anything to feed off of, would it just dwindle down? Like and, a parasite and, on a host. Right, kind of and, yeah. and die off, but no, it, it moves on to something else. It'll find food. It'll move from one member of the family to the other. But exactly. It seems like even if, se- at least, uh, maybe you found something different, but at least several times, I, a number of times, I've found a group of parasites working on one person. And then moving on to someone else, uh, right here in our listening area in Burlville, Rhode Island, 1998, about the time that I first met you, mm-hmm. there was a case where the woman of the house was the victim, and then we, we got the thing off her, again, positive thinking and, and, and good energy coming in, and then it moved on to the daughter. But by that time, the whole family had been pretty well instructed on how to deal with this, and, and it, it kind of went sulking. It would always hide in like this, uh, this barn down there, mm-hmm. and, then, <laughs> and then years later... When the woman had had remarried, and there was a, a, to a native shaman of Aztec descent who became has become a dear friend of ours. Boy, I, th- this thing got in with the wrong guy. I actually saw a battle take place between him and it, and he had scars on his, you know, claw marks on his back when he got. So th- these are physical things, but it um, it seemed to be attached to the land. But in any case, it would move from one person to another as a as a parasite would, with a host. And one of the most fascinating things, and I don't know, I, I, maybe you've run into this, is that w- the longer they are a- attached to a human host, or the longer they are in our world, so to speak, the more they tend, to, this is the lower echelon anyway, the, the more they tend to forget their own origins. And I've run into parasites, I'm thinking particularly of a case of an artist in New York City, whose name I will not mention, because uh, you know who it is, the, the th- 25 years this thing would be after this person and it was terrified it was a two-dimensional thinker one of the one of the low, lower kinds it was afraid to separate from her from this person because it did not know where to go or what to do and that was quite clear so there are fascinating aspects to, to the these kinds of life forms that are very intelligent but sometimes very frightened in their own right mm-hmm. absolutely and what I find though too is 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 most people will focus on the entity you know, on the parasite and and try to deal with it by itself. But there's a reason why it's attached to the host or to, to the person. There's a reason why it, it, it attracted that person or the environment they were in attracted that parasite in. So and that's how I deal with it. Is I, I deal with the root cause. I find out when did this start, and so. There's something that us in in our world, our existence, we're projecting that's that's drawn this thing in. So a lot of people will, will say, okay, I need to deal with the parasite, I need to treat the parasite, but usually the parasite's there because of something that we projected and drew, drew it in. So I I treat the person, and um and and it hasn't failed yet. Yeah. Um, let, let me just interrupt you because I want We have got time for a few more calls if anybody wants to call in and I always forget to do this if Ben were here he'd be writing me notes furiously give the phone numbers 
So again, if you're calling anywhere in the U.S. and Canada, 800-449-1240 or locally on Northern Rhode Island, Southeastern Mass, 401-766-1240. I love phone calls. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Um, There's another point, too, that um, is rather chilling, I find. I'd like to see what you think of this, Shane. Coupling this with some of the stuff you run into in ancient alien research, if there is any validity to that, and I I think there is some validity to the idea that at some point in our remote past, someone showed up with some kind of technology, whether it be from another planet or another world or whatever, and messed with our genes, because in 2003, I believe it was, our um, the Human Genome Project was completed and uh, mapping the entire human uh, genetic system, which had never been done before. And they found, much to their alarm, not alarm, but a surprise, that there were 223 genes that shouldn't be in us. Okay, And they, at least if our understanding of human evolution is correct, there was no uh, precursor to it in, in the chain of evolution of the human species. So the result was that, well, what are we going to do with this? So rather than cover up the information, they said, well, there had to be some kind of, what they uh, quote, horizontal transfer from bacteria. I mean, whatever that is, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> so in any case, there was this, this, this big mystery. And, it may, and, that, and, and I'm a big believer in folklore and myth as the vessel of the memory of the human species. And when I was researching the book Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, as you know, I, I, got, in, I got involved with, with Australian Aborigines, Andaman Islanders, Nicobar Islanders, uh, even one or two contacts with information from the Bushmen. These are the most ancient cultures in our history. So, some go, in the case of the Bushmen, going back up to 150,000 years, straight back, wow. genetically anyway. These people were there. And so as a result, you, I asked them, what is your view of this? And every single one of them has a view of people coming from the sky, a sort of trinity a, a God, a, a father, a mother, and a child, just, which in most cases is us, the human race. Right. And it really, it, it, it really does a lot to back up the idea that something or someone messed with us. Now that point being made, I'm wondering what, if, if it's possible that we maybe were bred or manipulated to be food or cattle for these things, as I say, a chilling concept. Okay, and please, uh, actually, uh, our producer is telling me, please call on the toll-free number, 800-449-1240. Oh, this one is. Oh, I see. I'm I'm misinterpreting your uh, semantics. Okay, so let's take another call. Uh, Welcome to ON1240 and Behind the Paranormal. Are you with us? Hello. Hello. Do you have a question for Shane or myself? Well, I I, I actually know. (laughs) I actually know, Paul. Uh, we read the uh, lemon together. Oh, oh, this is Steve. <laughs> okay, yes, uh, you, you cannot hide your identity. You can't fool me. <laughs> yeah, I I just wanted to call and support you and support your show. And well, thank you. That, I'll tell I, you where to send I the thought... check. <laughs> ben, <laughs> ben got the car, right? Uh, yes, uh, well, in about 10 minutes, as I understand it, he will. But uh, did you have a question for Shane or myself, Steve? I'm not. I'm, I'm just, 
curious about uh, about about the whole thing because um, uh, I know the connection between uh, UFOs and uh, the paranormal, but I'm as the thing you're talking about tonight, I'm not familiar with. Oh, okay. Can you well, it does all connect. That a little? And uh, Steve, Steve is a, is a, is a uh, well, very much involved with MUFON. Steve Fermani uh, from Lemonster, Massachusetts, dear friend of ours, and he was there at the Lemonster conference this past weekend. I'm, I'm chi- and you know Shane as well, I believe, Steve. I, I, I'm not. Have I met you, Shane? Um, I think we we met. Yes, yeah. I think we met once. Yep. Well, in any case, uh, Shane, I'm I'm uh, I've been berating him for not being there this weekend, but he had other things. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's uh, yeah. No, the, the connections between all areas of the paranormal seemed to feature, and uh, Steve, as I said, you were there in many of the talks this past weekend. Certainly mine, and uh, also I, I was surprised. Certainly, uh, Mark D'Antonio, a dear friend who's co-hosted this show, uh, astronomer, astrophysicist. Uh, was talking about that as well. Is very, and that's how we got to be such friends, because he said, my gosh, you bring this up, and th- these are things that have happened to me that can only be explained uh, multiversally, so to speak. And he's helping us yeah. with this, this, this goofball case in the middle of Connecticut that we've been working on for 10 years, and Shane has joined us on as well yep. uh, last year, and, and this sort of thing, and that Bill yeah. Hall has already written a book about. <laughs> you know, they're faster oh, than a flea on a date. Exactly. So... So, so do you, as one who is involved in UFO research, do you see this uh, coming to the forefront of discussion? That this notion of, of uh, UFOs not necessarily being separate from the poltergeist activity that sometimes accompanies it, things of this kind. Do you see uh, more of a unity here of thought that's that's going on at this point? Well, I, 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 I can tell you the fact that I I I just was asked join an organization, the Essex, uh, Essex County uh, UFO Project out of uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts, as their UFO expert because they were trying to expand on their own research. Okay. So I, I, I think just by that, that there has to be some kind of interest. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to... We're trying to unite what we're doing mm-hmm. to um, to taking the UFO and the paranormal research into one thing. Now, I, I can take a negative view, perhaps, not that I want to introduce that, but uh, some people might say, well, you have to be very careful because ghost researchers or, or whatever or, or Bigfoot researchers never used to talk to UFO researchers, you know. Uh, at least not a lot. And to work together, I still think you need, the, the entire field needs uh, the, the disciplined thinking and some decent peer review as you would have in standard science. Now, uh, this you can argue, and I agree with you, that, that this field is outside of standard science, but when you look at it, so is psychology. So I think that we need to tread very carefully, definitely, begin some unified thinking here, but to try and do so with a little bit of discipline and step-by-step. Step. What say you, Steve? I, 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 I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, you've known me for quite a while. Yes, a number and, of years. And um, I, I turn 
from a, a solid 100% uh, nuts and bolts UFO investigator. And I spent a weekend in Maine with Fab One support, and I saw things that I can't. Yeah, that, so, that's a group for, for I mean, those. You, you really have to, I mean, the way you want to look at it is, is going to be by your own perspective. Uh, that's true. Steve, thanks for the call. We're out of time pretty much. We have to start our announcements. But, uh, again, uh, check out, check out um, Steve, Steve, where can people find out more about what you're doing? Uh, well, they actually, they can go right to Starborn Support. Starborn Support, okay. Great. Steve, yeah, thanks very man. much for the call. Yeah. We'll, be, uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. I'm afraid we're just about uh, out of time. Need to start our announcements here. If you would read Ben's part, when you get to them, they're in red. Thank you, Shane. Where am I okay. <laughs> okay, well, I'll do it. Anyway, it was a terrific weekend at the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Mass., as we've said. A great job by organizers Susan Spooler, Willie Miranda, and so many volunteers, and a great many... Uh, unusual speakers who were very interesting. Uh, ben was one of the headliners, but as uh, you know, I t- made him go out and buy a car instead, so he couldn't be there. Um, as I soloed on the subject, uh, which was alien versus demon, which is which, uh, I even got to indulge my hot dog dependency at the soup dog truck outside City Hall. It was wonderful to meet so many luminaries, and I had never met them before, and that was MUFON Executive Director Jan Harzan, MUFON being the Mutual UFO Network. Uh, also, New England Bigfoot experts Bill Penning, Ronnie LeBlanc, and Bill Brock. Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters founder Ray Hernandez. Dr. Rudy Schild of the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. Along with our old friends, author Bill Hall, astronomer Mark D'Antonio, historian Roxy Zwicker, and many others, and there were great crowds. So our next event will be on Thursday, October 29th at 7 p.m. Uh, ben and I, are, or hopefully both of us, I'm not sure if Ben can make it. We'll speak on the nature of paranormal phenomena and review our top cases at the New England Institute of Technology, East Greenwich, Rhode Island, campus, 7 p.m., in the Hall of Fame room. Boy, that kind of raises the spirits, doesn't it? Pardon the pun. The public is invited, and a reception will follow in the library. You can find out uh, online, https slash slash library dot n-e-i-t dot e-d-u. Check that out. There's also a link to that from our site, behindtheparanormal.com. Uh, visit our show website, again, uh, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find nearly 650 free podcasts of past shows on both ON1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run in CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. Now, we have a tentative speaking date at the Center for Consciousness Studies in Stratham, New Hampshire, Sunday, November 29th. We'll have more, de- more details about that next week. You can find my books on Amazon.com. Amazon Kindle and Barnes and Noble Nook, all those basic suspects. And if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, however, I'll be happy to sign them for you, and you will help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our website, you'll find direct links to several charities Ben and I have adopted, including USA Cares, BuildersHelpingHeroes.com, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, and also Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles, doing great things for at-risk youth out there, Tony Lorraine's group. There are two recent books from Global Communications, Timothy Green Beckley's publishing company, certainly the Bell Witch Project, which contains that story and also a few contributions by me on historic paranormal cases here in New England, and uh, of special interest to our ON 1240 uh, listening area audience is another Beckley book, UFO Repeaters, with an entire chapter on our old friend Joe Ferrier, talk show host on ON here for over 50 years. 
Okay, next Monday, October 26th, we'll bring you an open line show to tackle some very deep questions from listeners on many paranormal subjects. So we leave you this evening with a thought from American actress Marilyn Monroe, of all people. So keep your head high, your chin up, and most importantly, keep smiling, because life is a beautiful thing, and there's there's so much to smile about. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Shane Sarway. Filling in for Ben Eno. Thanks a lot, Shane. We appreciate it. And thanks for joining us, everyone, on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.